Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. You ready to roll? Yeah. Hey, Scott, we've got waterwaystravel.com with us this week. I love it. You know, I've been using waterways since 2000. So 22 years, 22 years. And uh, they sent me to Hawaii each and every year for, for seven or eight years and, and to Indonesia as well. And other places too, El Salvador, all over the world with waterways. And um, you know what, that's, what's important to me is experience. That's what you don't want. Brand new Johnny come lately travel guy. You want experience. Totally. I was thinking about considering their role in the surf business. Think how much they've influenced pro surf careers. What spots you and I dreamed about when we were young. I mean, they, Sean pioneered a lot of those spots. It's crazy to think the amount of influence he's had over surfing. You know, it's actually, as I sit here listening to you, I'm thinking Sean's story would actually, could actually be a really good documentary. Um, I mean, there's some stuff that went down on Samoa that's just kind of mind boggling. You know, they had a massive, um, was it a tsunami or an earthquake or both, but just kind of decimated uh, Samoa. And there's a lot of conflict and resolution and heartbreak there that could make for a good documentary. I'm just assuming. I don't really know the ins and outs of it, obviously, but. Every single spot that they've gone to, I'm sure none of it was easy. You know, the type know. of work that they're doing is complicated and probably full of even just the human interest stuff, like going into a village and um, bringing tourism to that village and then helping build the infrastructure for tourism, right. all that sort of stuff. Which all for sure happened interest. in Samoa. Totally. So anyways, and all the like if you think about each and every individual adventure, like the trips right. that you've gone on, the trips that I've gone on, the like there's been some crazy stuff that's occurred, you know? Completely. Well, um, I've started getting emails from listeners since Waterways has become a partner here. Um, listeners who have used Waterways over the years and given me nothing but great feedback. A couple of stories. I should probably read a couple of them on air at some point, but um, people talking about their great experiences with Waterways. So waterwaystravel.com, the premier surf travel agency um, and great partner of the show. So that's, I think, a good reason as well to consider them. Yeah. They support our work here. You know what? Surfers. These guys are surfers. That's, you know, there's some new players in the space, whatever it might be. And there's, there's not always salt in the building, so to speak. Yeah, totally. Um, well, realwatersports.com is also with us. And I'll start the segue into that by asking how difficult is it for somebody to get a Christensen surfboard right now? You just interviewed Chris Christensen. If they wanted a Christensen, how, how hard would it be? Well, if you wanted to order a custom one, you're looking at, you know, I don't know, 18 months, something like crazy, that. crazy. But the good news is real water sports has a vast inventory in their showroom 
online of Christians and surfboards. So you can simply go to realwatersports.com right now, order a board. They'll be packing and shipping it later today. Yeah, pretty incredible. Uh, what a resource. So they're not just a surfboard retailer with stock boards. They actually have these um, partnerships with shapers, a lot of whom we've interviewed on the podcast, and they do collaboration boards with them. So it is some of the stock boards that you see on those shapers' websites, but they also have one-off collaborations with different board models. And they also order them with all the beautiful artwork that you usually see Christiansen's with as well. So phenomenal retail uh, resource, realwatersports.com. Absolutely. Realwatersports.com. That's your one-stop shop for everything surf hard goods. Sweet. On to today's show. As we see some movement at the takeoff zone, it's Kelly Slater grabbing rail. A clean entry, this thing holding open, it spits. When it spit me, I thought it was going to spit me off my board. Comes out with the spit, spits him out. Comes out after the spit. Gets spat out of another good looking wave here. Spit, spit, spit. We're just spitballing, right? Yeah, I got Yeah, guy. Yeah, guy. Yeah, guy. David, welcome. Good morning. It's Wednesday. No, it's Tuesday, May oh, 3rd. Man. Yeah. Back on our old schedule. Tuesday, May 3rd. And how many, how many Tuesdays did we spend together in the Surfing Heritage and Culture Center parking lot in your truck? <laughs> I forgot about the truck ones. We would literally, if the listeners don't know, there was a point in time when David and I would sit in my truck and record this show in a parking lot. And we did it at the Target parking lot one time. Didn't we at Target down there in San Clemente? Or what that was that? Seems oh, familiar. No, it was an office depot, I think. Yeah, it was outside of the truck, that one. But it was the parking lot little bench that they have set up. But the, the problem was we, they didn't, Surfing Heritage and Culture Center, which is where we had our home studio, um, didn't open until 9 or 10 o'clock or whatever it was. And we didn't want to ask the director there to show up early, but we wanted to record early. And that was the halfway meeting point for both of us. So we would still go there and then just record in the truck, and which has great dampening effects for the acoustics. It does. And speaking of salt in the building, of course, one of the issues with that is that the, the full-time curator there, Barry Hahn, has been known to surf San Onofre each and every single morning. And if the waves were good, it wouldn't be 10 a.m. that he'd show up. It might be 10, 20. <laughs> exactly. Barry slacker. Um, so the good old days, but now Zoom, we relied on through COVID. And uh, here we are still relying on it. So we don't have to drive. So we don't have to w- waste precious gas resource. Um, and, time. Look what I, and time. Look what I have behind me for our Woo! listeners, Scott. How okay. crazy is this? Sweet. That's a uh, Almeric Channel Islands free scrubber, Tom Curran model, right? That's exactly what it is. A How free, wide? free scrubber. A free, free scrubber. I think, it's, I think it's 20. Yeah, 20 even. Oh, man. It's just so, barely making the cut. As so I get older, five, my width gets wider and wider. So 510 in length, 20 uh-huh. in width, and five. Don't tell me. Two, 30, I already told you last week. No, the volume. Oh. I was going to guess the volume in liters. Don't, I'm going to guess it's 33.6. 33.1. No, that's pretty. That's amazing for a guy who doesn't know liters. But 
I actually do kind of know leaders now because I've been shopping for so many surfboards that it's kind of become part of my vernacular. I try to not even pay attention to leaders. I'm going to erase what you just said to me because I don't care. Um, I don't want to learn leaders ever, but obviously this thing, (laughs) dude, that's kind of, I get like, I, I, that's kind of salty. Like, why wouldn't you want to learn leaders? I actually think there is some value to know, understanding the data, especially for a shortboard. I understand. I'm not going to get a nine foot longboard in the same leaderage as my (laughs) shortboard, but well, is leaderage a word? No, volume's a word though. Uh, didn't um, we use leverage like four years ago and somebody like slapped us down? They did. And at that, I think Rainbow actually sent a big email about that. Um, but at that time, a listener also said leaders volume is the most reliable uh, metric that he, like it, whether it's a, it is all shortboard related stuff, but a fish or an alternative shortboard or whatever. He's like, if I get the uh, volume nailed, that's the one that always works for me, regardless, yeah. you know, because how do you translate, you know, a pointy thruster to a five, eight fish for my body st- type yeah. and style and weight and all that sort of stuff? Well, volume is kind of the, the common denominator for him. So I guess it does serve a purpose. But for me, if I learn anything new, something old has to fall out of my head and I'm not <laughs> willing to get rid of the old stuff yet. So I don't want to learn anything new. Well, and I do think that for paddling power, I think volumes, you know what I mean? Like if let's say your volume's 34, you know that you're like 34 liters. Yeah. You know, you could ride a five, five, that's 44 liters. And basically, I mean, assuming that the, you know, obviously the design characteristics are going to be a little bit different, but you can assume that it's going to paddle more or less the same. Totally. Um, So this, the reason why I've got this channel islands free scrubber behind me is we are giving one away to one of our podcast supporters so this is obviously, um, you probably already click quote, subscribe to the podcast by clicking the subscribe button on Spotify or Apple or whatever it is so that it automatically downloads. But a supporter is somebody who contributes the $5 a month to uh, help us run our business. This allows us to document surf culture weekly, reliably, and then archive it. All of the archiving that comes with all these big media files uh, comes with an actual hard cost. And of course, um, our time, everything else that we do, uh, pay taxes, all that stuff. So the five, we have advertising, of course, which is, uh, has been inconsistent at times. It's awesome. But the $5 a month is kind of the, the foundation of the business that we can rely on, that we can project for the future on, plan for, and all that sort of stuff. So it's been fundamental to our business for the last five or six years, and um, we're just as a thank you, we want to give surfboards away. We want to focus on shapers who we know and love boards that we like to ride, support the surf industry, but also give back to the listenership. So if you are among the supporters, you're already automatically entered to win. You don't have to do anything new, but if you want to get in on this and you want to support our work, go to surfsplendorpodcast.com, navigate to the subscribe button and uh, you will be entered to win this one. And in future months, when you're a subscriber, you'll be entered to win those as well. And I actually have surfboards lined up for the end of the year. And then when I published this on social media last night, Dennis Jarvis messaged and he's like, dude, let's give away a fireball fish whenever you have time. So Ooh. bang, we'll add that to the list. Too. You know, it's, you know, it's, this is a wonderful thing that you and I are giving away surfboards 
and um, in many ways, thanks to the board builders themselves. But it's going to be a problem for me because I, I want to win the fireball fish from Dennis Jarvis. I want to win this board. And of course, I can't win. I'm giving it away. Well, but it's going to make me go to, down to my local surf shop. It's going to make me go to real water sports and buy these boards. And it's going to be a problem. Well, you know what I did last year? I, um, because that was happening to me previously last year, I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We'll get a board. I'll write it for a month and I discuss remember. it throughout that month and then give it away at the end of the month. So it's not, I'm not accumulating 12 new boards throughout the course of the year. You want to know how many of those I just ended up buying a second one for the winner and just keeping the original one. Each and every it, one. It was a failed effort. So this actually is my free scrubber. The winner so I did want this board. So I'm keeping this one. Uh, but the winner gets to pick one off the Channel Islands website that is their appropriate dimensions. Right. Um, they won't be custom made, but they have like, you know, stock dimensions that they yeah, make. So yeah, just yeah. go on there and find yeah. the one that fits you. It's near custom fit. And then we'll we'll figure out the best way to get that for you or get it to you. Last year, somebody won one that was in Australia and we didn't want to ship it to Australia. So we had channel islands factory in australia deliver it to them oh, cool. so we'll find a solution like that very cool well look go to surfsplendorpodcast.com click on the subscribe button and subscribe be a subscriber it helps david and i and we appreciate it now completely on with, on with the show okay big news scott in the surf world margaret rivers running right now waves were pumping last night when you and i went to bed make or break has debuted on apple plus what have you been watching? Well, I promised you that I would watch Make or Break. And in fact, I want to watch Make or Break. And I was going to watch Make or Break yesterday, but the WSL ran the round of 32 men yesterday. <clears throat> and so I was glued to that. And in addition, the NHL playoffs started, which kind of pushed Make or Break into the back burner. In addition, Ozark came out. With their Man. final seven or eight episodes. How good is that? It's pretty insane. Have you been watching Slow Horses too? No, I have not gotten oh back on that. Gary Oldman is so good in that. It's hilarious. It's great. Anyway, a lot of stuff going on. I really want to watch Make or Break. And I'm going to have to find time in the day today to start watching it. So we better talk about uh, the WSL, which saw some incredible performances yesterday in my mind. Tell me and, about the waves. Well, the waves are the stars. Let me tell you that right now. The waves are the stars. And I'm thinking I might need to get a t-shirt made up that says some like that has like a altered WSL Wazzle logo and just says the waves are the stars. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep saying it until somebody eventually figures it out over there. What about and, uh, Kelly Slater's star trunks that he won at one lowers in way back in the day? incorporate those, that design somehow those aren't the stars the trunks aren't the stars no. okay. waves are the stars okay sorry. waves are the stars man <laughs> I, I had a great talk with garth tarlow about this yesterday he and i were just kind of riffing i'm gonna get him on the podcast soon uh anyway the great so what performance wise what i saw david was i saw come some guys stand out that i didn't expect um not that they're hey, not well, great surfers they're all great explain surfers. the waves first what was oh yeah i'm sorry too? yeah so the waves were meaty, right? They were meaty. They were slightly disheveled, right? There was some crumble. 
there was some it was disorganized a little bit but it was also kind of clean enough to to have an event to run heats it was probably 10 to 12 feet with 15 foot sets and it was extremely challenging it sort of like when they run meaty big disorganized sunset beach um, a slightly smaller version of that but just truly challenging uh, surfing conditions and a little bit gray and overcast and onshore like a side wind you know so it Challen- was challenging but absolutely ripe for like opportunity yes and, and yeah ripe for opportunity for the one that would seize it you know you had yeah. to seize it there was there was no if you just you know kind of like you know weaseled your way through turns no you weaseling. were not getting through well for those who seized it, but also very importantly, for those who are prepared for it, for those who have done years and years of training, for those who brought the right boards, you had to have all of this training that actually doesn't ever get utilized at a lot of the other stops on tour. So you're training for something that may never even happen. And now here's the opportunity the sets are rolling in and you have to be prepared. You have to be prepared for a 20 second hold down, doing a bunch of cartwheels underwater, prepared for breaking your board, prepared for swimming, prepared for all of it. And then getting up to your feet and actually connecting turns. And in some ways I feel like I need to make an apology to the entire population of the state of Victoria and to Torquay (laughs) because I often poo-poo the end section at Bells is like, oh, you know, it's kind of like, really, is that where all the money is? Is that where the, is that where the points happen? And of course it's not, it's the entire length of the ride. And when Bells is eight to 10 feet, it's exciting in there. And that's what we saw at Margaret river, right? That end section at Margaret river, but there is no end section on tour, like the end section at Margaret river, but the end section of Bells, is its little baby brother, the end section of Margaret River, for whatever reason, bathymetry or whatever it is, it just unloads in a fashion. And it's so challenging. And it, it really, it's an important part, if not the most critical part. Well, it's not the most critical, but those two, the outside two turns in that end section are mind blowing. The power, the, um, the disruption that happens to the surfer as he f- cascades and free falls down. It's mind blowing that end section when it's 10 to 12 feet. And it's right in front of that dry reef ledge too. Right. I mean, talk about, you couldn't, I mean, if you were a director, you'd be like, okay, this is how we're going to, we want that last end section to just break people's knees. You want and drama. I think, didn't Jack, didn't John John hurt himself there one year? That inside, didn't somebody hurt themselves in that inside section? I don't remember anybody actually getting injured, but people hit it. You know, I, I remember, remember Courtney no. Conlog rolling up on it. Yeah. And you know what I recall? I think what I recall, David, and help me here. John John had that knee injury and we saw him going into that section and we were all holding our breath going, oh my God, that's going to challenge that ligament right there. Gotcha. But that anyway, there was three guys that stood out. Tell me what you think. I'm sure you had some, maybe some different standouts. And I'm not, when I say these three guys, I'm not throwing shade on any of the other guys that absolutely killed it and got through their heat. But the guy that the most exciting heat was the Matthew McGivory heat. Oh my gosh. No, Igarashi. And I mean, the Scott were just, I mean, again, scripted, you know, it was perfect. So maybe talk about that a little bit. 
Well, what's exciting about that is Kanoa is unflappable, really. You know, like he's the guy who you can rely on for consistency more than almost anybody else. And um, Matt McGillivray got his number last time. They've had two man on man matchups. Matt McGillivray won the first one unexpectedly. And then this one, Matt McGillivray, the added drama is that Matt McGillivray is on the cut. So he's behind the cut, actually. He needs to make, I don't know what round, but he needs to make heats. In I've got order it right to... here. He has to get third or better. Okay, crazy, right? Yeah. So that's a huge ask. And leading up to this, we saw a lot of those lower seeds actually lose to the higher seeds. Kanoa is top five. Kanoa was number one before Bells. And so Kanoa is, and then he got 17th at Bells and you're allowed one throw away. So Kanoa figures, okay, Bells, that was bad, but at least I could throw that away. I need to not have a second 17th place finish here. And ultimately he came out and did exactly what we expect him to do. He got a couple of sevens and Matt McGillivray's back was against the wall. Matt McGillivray did not feel any of the pressure. He ripped one wave. And then with limited amount of time, he got a second wave, three minutes, four minutes. Yeah. Okay. So then that wave shows up and it wasn't a good wave. Kanoa had priority. Kanoa let it go. And Matt, in his post-heat interview, said he looked at that wave and remembered Connor Coffin in the previous heat got a five for doing one turn, one good turn. And Matt sized that wave up and he goes, "There's, it's a closeout, but there's a section to do one turn on. And if Connor could get the five, I'm going to get the five. And I guess that's the score he needed. And what was crazy was it was more of a much more of a closeout than Connor's wave because it was a crumbling lip. Connor's was an open-faced carve. And Matt McGillivray makes the drop, kind of bottom turns mid face because he sees that lip coming and it's a gnarly it's the section you're talking about and it's double well over double overhead and it's a crazy section he just throws everything he has up into it disappears as he's in it actually because there's that much chaos the commentators are screaming whoa that's crazy that he would even throw his board up there Then you see it slap him down and he's kind of positioned over his board and they scream again, like, oh no, he's actually going to try to ride out of this thing. Disappears in the explosion, boom, comes out riding out of the thing. Just full pedal to the metal, threw everything at it and rode out successfully. Yeah, and the interesting thing, uh, one of the main characteristics of that section is that because it's so powerful, you have to come into that section with more speed and power than that's coming at you, or at least equal it in some fashion. You can't go into it slow. You're going to get swallowed up quick. And he sort of, I mean, he went into it fast and everything, but he barely met the same amount of speed and power that was coming at him. And so he was sort of throwing caution to the wind. He was sort of throwing fate to the wind because it wasn't like he overpowered the section. And in fact, it was like the section overpowered him but he met it with just enough velocity and, yeah. and moxie at which point he was able to maybe halfway get down the face. And now at that point, it was just pure jambalaya and uh, <laughs> it was insane. Right. Like, I mean, everyone really was, was, everyone was screaming. I, I saw it and I was like, I, you know, I'm letting out, you know, verbal anxiety into my screen. Yeah. It's, it's exactly what you hope that people are going to do out there. And they often don't do, 
essentially, you know, yeah. or they don't even look, they don't, they avoid waves like that, that even have that opportunity. And they go for one that has a longer, you know, line on it. And then a smaller version of what we're just talking about, but for Matt to need it when he needed it and to go for it and then to complete it was gnarly. And Kanoa to his credit in his post interview said, I didn't do anything wrong. Like I surfed exactly like I planned to. I'm proud of my surfing. And this is one of those instances where you can do everything right. And somebody still beats you. And it's because I've said this about Kano in the past is that as great of a surfer as he is, he's never going to get tens. He's always aiming for safety, not, not safe surfing, but like a pair of sevens is what he's kind of aiming for, which isn't as exciting as watching Felipe Toledo surf or Gabriel Medina surf because they potentially could get tens. Well, this is something that Matt McGillivray seized on. You know, it's like, I can go out there and do something exciting that nobody's expecting. And that's the point of difference between Cano and myself. Yeah, it was, I mean, when he paddled for that wave, everyone was like, you know, 5% chance that he, that he best Cano in this heat, you know? Right. Oh, and, oh, and he's taking off on a shitty kind of foamy, massive, mean closeout. Right. Like it's no way. Oh, well, Kanoa once again, you know, the, the two seven fives do him right. And no, it wasn't to be, it was just the whole thing was, you know, like we said, it was, it well, that's why the waves of the stars and why you say that is when there's pumping swell, a lot of opportunities, there's these things that lie outside the standard deviation that allow for drama to take place. And when the waves are knee high beach breaks, somebody like Idolo or Gabe or Felipe can turn a four point ride into a seven point ride, but that's not the same thing. That's not as exciting. You know, you want a double overhead wave. That's a four point ride because it's a double overhead wave and short to become a 10 point ride because it's death defying. Yeah, well, you know, you often state and, and quite correctly that, you know, the overarching theme behind the reason all of us tune in is man versus nature. And this was a man versus nature situation. Uh, oh. And you'll, you'll never have that. And, and by the way, three foot beach break or three foot snapper, I don't want to see it. Right. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, okay, I can watch a couple heats and I'm actually looking forward to the, to the challenger. Is it a challenger series at snapper? It is. Yeah, I'm looking starts. forward to seeing that because God, the Gold Coast has been on fire the last month or so. But my point is, you're right. Look, we had man versus nature. I mean, when he took off on that wave, we weren't going, what's he going to do against Kanoa? We were going, what's he going to do against this meaty, mean of a, a beast of a wave coming at him? Totally. Um, can I play for you? Did you can see Chloe? Can you hold on? Yeah, commercial break. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. 
more than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I love Athletic Greens, dude. AG1 is a part of my life. It's a part of my family's life. As I mentioned before, we've tried to get our dog to lap it up on occasion, but we love uh, our AG1 because why? It's, it's a way to get my, my greens my vegetables, the intake that I need to have a healthy and sustain a healthy lifestyle. And that's what AG1 does for me. I love Athletic Greens. And I drink AG1 every single day. Athleticgreens.com slash surf is our portal to support the show. You get a year free vitamin D supply. And I think five travel packs as well. Um, just little pouches of powder. Easy. I keep a couple in my briefcase at all times. But I don't know if you saw this at the beginning of the year, big news story in the tech world, AG1 got a $1.2 billion valuation. And I forget a couple hundred million dollars in capital investment because of that. So they're taking over. And I take a certain amount of responsibility in helping build that brand. Our pumping it here, our listeners supporting it has helped them get that valuation. And I will take some of your your personal responsibility or, and, and I'm going to take part of that because uh, of I, that's what I mean. Us. us. But, I mean, truly because, well, here's the deal. I'm glad, I'm glad just to ride the wave. That's all. Here's the deal with AG1, right? Like what there's other green powder drinks out there. The difference is this one's organic certifiably. Uh, what's the phrasing that they use, but it, it it's all like, it's all done the right way. You it's know? the best product some, in the market. Kiwis. Yeah. It's the, the best smart, product who are probably the smartest people in the world. Agreed. They got Luke Cedarman. <laughs> so there's that. They got Rainbow. Um, they do. So the reality is you're right. It's got that valuation. It's done what it's done because it's the best product of its kind in the market. And not only that, but it replaces 20 bottles of pills that people have on their counter for supplements that are hard on your stomach. They're expensive. It replaces a lot of grocery shopping to try to get this amount of nutrition. And it's all in a simple powder, eight ounces of water. It takes 20 seconds to do. You don't even have to go shop for it. It's delivered to your door. So they've really just solved a bunch of complexity in your life and simplified it. You know what? I did something. I don't know if this is AG1 approved or AG1 protocol. However, does it involve, involve hagen does? No, but that's my next thing. I'm going to dip my haagen in the AG1. No, I mixed it with orange juice oh, and it was yeah. good. Yep. I pounded it. I've made smoothies and used orange juice in there with the AG1 and it is very good. Yeah. So um, yeah, athleticgreens.com slash surf if you want to get on board with this, but um, they're great partners and listeners have sent tons of great feedback about it. So thank you listeners. Thank you, athleticgreens.com slash surf. At times, my urinary flow is so weak that it comes out in two streams, not one. <laughs> um, 
that has to do with the weakness of it? I think so. It's just like barely just splits right out of the splits. gate. It's like, I don't even have backbone for this. Yeah, exactly. It's so, it's so weak. It's just like, what do you do about that? Is there anything you can work out like Kegel exercises or something? <laughs> flow max. I think, I think I need some flow max. I've had my prostate checked and it's fine. <laughs> How did that go? It was weird. The guy goes, look, I know this is kind of hard to do, but, and sometimes during this procedure, an erection occurs and I go, look, I, I don't have an erection. And he goes, well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't worried about you, Scott. <laughs> I saw that coming, but it was I also said, where laugh. should I put my clothes? And he goes, put them over there next to mine. <laughs> Man, you've been waiting to use these jokes. Actually, yeah. <laughs> those just came, just came to me. <laughs> Dude, this is so true story. A couple of years ago, so I just turned 40, but mm -hmm. a couple of years ago, I was going to the doctor for, I think it was a physical. Um, and my dad or somebody had kind of warned me. They're like, well, you know, at a certain age, they start checking your prostate, right? I was like, oh man, are you serious? Do I need to prepare for this? Like, what do, what do you do? And they're like, I, I'm not sure, but just be aware that that might be part of this checkup, you know, this appointment. So the, the nurse takes me into the examination room and leaves me in there. And on the table, there's a box of gloves and a bottle of lube. Sta like, you know, the table's pretty clean. There's like cotton swabs and the normal stuff, but then there's this stuff sitting out front and center. And I was like, well, I guess I would, I've been mentally preparing for this. I guess it is what it is. This is what my life is like now. I just got to accept it. And the doctor took like 10 minutes to come in. And the whole 10 minutes, I was just stressing. I'm snapping photos of it, sending it to friends. They're laughing at me, making jokes. Doctor comes in, goes, hey, David, how you doing? And then glances over and goes, oh, they left that out for my previous appointment. And then she puts it away. Didn't even use it on me. Oh my God. You had the full anxiety. I, I, said, told, I spent 10 minutes stressing about it. I told you, this is a true story. It's kind of funny. I, I had a, such something happened to me where I had to go to the emergency room and I'm in there and this, this, this is the truth. I, I hope this isn't, I hope I'm, I'm not being racist or something like this, but I'm just going to tell the truth. This is actually what happened. This is okay. This Asian doctor came in and examined me for why I was in there. And, and, and she goes, you know, like, no, I think my wife goes, Hey, honey, you should have your prostate check while you're in here. You're due. And I'm, and she, and the doctor's like, yeah, no problem. You know, and she puts on a glove and checks my prostate. And as she leaves, I can see on her name tag, her it's Dr. Wang. And my wife literally looks at me and she goes, you know, you just had a Wang up your butt. <laughs> And I swear to God, that's a true story. That's not a made-up joke. That is, I thought was first of all, that's not racist at all. Yeah. And it makes me like your wife a whole lot more. Oh, she's wonderful. Not she, that I didn't already like her, but that is a hilarious joke. Yeah. You just had a wang up your butt. Yeah. Wow. Okay. This show yeah. took a turn that I didn't I did. see coming. It did. It took a turn. Um, I'm going to compliment her on that joke next time I see her. All right. Um, I want to play for you Chloe and Dino's post heat interview because it 
brings a uh, kind of a couple of things that are interesting about it. He talks yeah. about the cut, but he also yeah. makes a um, interesting design change to his surfboards. And you said it, it wasn't stressful, but obviously paddling out, you are not safe for the cut, neither is Jacko, so it was a super important heat. Were you feeling that in the lead up or just trying to put it out of your mind? Uh, I wasn't really thinking about it at all. A lot has happened for me to fall off the cut. Uh, the little Instagram that WSL posted, I was like the first person in the cut bubble, technically. <laughs> um, but uh, like the quarters would be, have to be filled with like eight guys behind me, so it'd be really hard. So I wasn't feeling it. I, I don't know. It's just kind of hard, like the whole cut thing, because no one really likes it. But, you know, all of us like winning and, and we're all friends on tour and we all love each other. So you don't want to knock the guy off tour. And it's just it's just hard. But hopefully Jacko can hang on because I, I think he's in the in the cut right now. So if all the red jerseys win, he'll be fine today. And uh, talking about the cut, have you noticed like a different competitive competitiveness? Obviously, it has been stressful for a lot of the athletes here. But, you know, out in the lineup in the free surfs, have you felt that? Uh, for sure. I think. Um, yeah, it just seems like it's like a TV show, like a little bit, like it's just like drama all the time. And watching the women's the other day was just heartbreaking with the girls that were losing and they're just crying all day and it was just gnarly to, to watch. Um, but I definitely know like the caliber of surfing ha has um, raised throughout, you know, usually a lot of guys, if they get a result or two early in the year, they'll kind of mail it in, knowing that they're gonna qualify at the end of the year, or at least the result will come just naturally. So um, yeah, it seems like everyone's trying their best and everyone's ripping really hard, so it's good for that. And back to you, uh, you've turned up this morning with a, a little extra on your board, some, some added weight that you put on last night. Talk us through that. Uh, yeah, I went to, uh, is it Mitre, what is it, Mitre 10? Or? Mitre 10. Yeah, I called it Mitre 10, but it's Mitre 10. And uh, yeah, I glued on uh, half a pound. I think it's like 240 grams or something <laughs> on my board. I wanted a half pound on there because uh, my board was just working way too good when the waves were small and it's a 6'4", so I wanted it to hold in the, in the strong southerlies. So, uh, yeah, I made my heat. I mean, you know, competitive surfing is weird. You could paddle out there on the complete wrong board and win your heat, but so it doesn't really matter. But um, it felt pretty good, so I was stoked. Yeah, well, it looked great, and uh, yeah, keep it going. So he actually glued weights to the deck of his board for Margaret River, which I think is pretty fascinating. I'd not seen that before. And um, what are your thoughts on that? And then we can discuss the cut. Yeah, you, you know, it's actually an old uh, sort of design. Uh, amendment, if you will. And in fact, Mike Hinson and other guys over on Maui made surfboards with lead weights in the nose for, for Malaya specifically because of the strong trades that would blow when uh, Malaya Southwell uh, Harbor wave was breaking. And um, so it's, 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 a you know, I, I, I applaud Kaloe for going there. I think that's a cool thought. I think it, it probably gave him a lot of confidence just knowing his board had a little bit more weight. And um, I'm stoked to see that, you know, I'm stoked to see, I'm stoked to see thinking outside the box like that. And, um, and then following I, through with. I am too. And I'm stoked. Like, look, uh, the reality is it's impossible to have a quiver of boards for every possible condition that's going to show up at all these venues on tour. I mean, the guy's already getting a hundred boards a year, but you can have, but Margaret has a lot of different looks. And if they run at the box, you could have 10 boards just for the box. Cause you're going to break boards out there. So uh, it makes sense that look, you'd have a six, four, but you want to keep it somewhat light because the waves might not be woolly, but then if it does get woolly, I love little solutions like that. And it worked, you know, and to be honest, like I've seen them uh, build weights, put weights 
embedded in the board itself, like route out some foam. But this, there's no, there's essentially this is solving the same exact problem. It it'll operate the same way, especially if it's on the deck. So um, I like it, ingenious, smart, and it worked. So interestingly, he's talking about the cut, and he goes, "Look, nobody likes the cut." So that represents the sentiment that we saw with the petition, all the surfers being pissed about losing their jobs. But then he follows up with, dang, everybody's really surfing a lot better. And the ones who used to phone it in are no longer phoning it in. Now we're seeing better surfing on tour. It's like, boom, that's, that's all that matters then, Chloe. And, and he also said something else. He said, I guess it makes for a good TV show, which yeah. is absolutely right. It's exactly what it does. That's what we turns want. out. Turns out that's what this is. This yeah. is supposed to be entertaining. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm all for the cut, especially hearing him work through that in his head. I think it represented perfectly exactly what a lot of us are feeling. Yeah, it is sad to see Sally Fitzgibbons go down. You know, she's been on tour for 14 years. She's been a bridesmaid over and over that second place spot and never won a world title, but also never missed an event. If you can imagine that she never missed an event in 14 years. So Sally, to see her go down is really unfortunate, but it's also like, look, if you've been doing it for 14 years, it's, that's, a, that's a full career. And if you didn't do it, if you didn't win it at those times when you're finishing second, now the fact that you're finishing in the back nine is kind of an indicator of what's to come. And we don't need to see it anymore. We've been seeing it for 14 years. All due respect, you know? Yeah. Sally's look, she's a very sweet person. I mean, anyone that's said it, spend any time with her and all the girls on tour are probably generally very kind and sweet. And uh, it's unfortunate, but yeah, that's what this is. This is competition. Like this isn't a guaranteed you get to travel around and surf. You have to go out there and prove it. And she's been a top level surfer for 14 years and and it's a bummer. And I know that, look, we're going to see some of that occur here in the next couple of days with the men's side of the equation. And it is what it is. You know, it's big boys. You know, you got to pitch, pull your, pull your uh, diapers up. Let's go. You know, like it's time. <laughs> big boys and big girls. And so a couple of interesting losses last night for you and I, uh, when the waves were pumping, Kelly Slater went down to Jadson Andre of all people, Jadson, who, uh, I didn't check, but I would imagine is struggling. He's behind the cut line for sure. I'm not sure what he needs. I've got it. He needs a third. So, I mean, this is Jaddy. This is classic Jaddy. We've I seen know. this from Jaddy literally five times. What are the odds? How, I mean, we are all pulling for Jaddy right now. I am. I would love to see Jaddy make the semis. Which is what's great about this cut is that I found myself rooting for Joao Chianca Me over too. Idolo, Idolo I, Ferreira. And I it's like, too. Idolo, I would vote for, I love Idolo. I would always root for that guy, except this cut adds drama. And now I want I want Joao. Well, we're bummed that Joao's not on tour. Joao is, you know, we spoke about it, I think, last week. But if we could just pull it together, our own, our own surfers for a tour, Joao would be one of the guys. Totally. He's like so the, the wild card. He's sort of the the power surfer, the unknown du jour, so to speak. I I think Joao will be back next season. I think he will do well in the Challenger Series. Yeah, and I think he'll be back stronger than ever. I and he, this guy's around for a long time. What's crazy about this season is that his uh, Kaipo Guerrero was alluding to this a little bit, but Joao's average heat total 
is higher than a lot of people who actually made the cut and significantly higher. It's just that he drew John John, he drew uh, Idolo. He's drawing these top seeds and taking those top seeds to the absolute limit. You know, he's yeah. got two of the best heats of the year. Yeah. John John at Pipe, John John at Bells. And he's happened, well, he actually beat John at Pipe, right? Yeah. Yeah, he beat John at Pipe. Yeah. So, but he lost, he lost at Bells. So he's pushing to the limits and still losing. Yeah. So it's not really fair, uh, you know, not that that well, matters, it, but it's yeah, not reflective no of his performance. Right. And it's, and kudos to the WSL and Kaipo and the, the, the data mining there, because that's really a great insight. Yeah. Did you, so other losses, uh, David Silva, Luca Messinas, they're out. Zeke Lau lost to Jordy Smith. Um, I don't know. So things still Zeke's have out. to shuffle. Yeah, well, they do. I mean, yeah. Chloe it, it depends how many people below him do better right. than him essentially. Right. But Zeke, if Zeke's out, that's a story because I, I don't care about Zeke anymore. Zeke, I cared about when he first got on tour. I love his style of surfing. I love that he's Sonny Garcia 2.0, but, and I think the tour could use somebody like him, but if he continually doesn't seize opportunities, then I don't care anymore. And I want to see stuff like what Joao's doing. And Zeke won the ultimate surfer. So he gets another chance there. And then he requalifies and he gets a chance there. But when it really comes down to it, he constantly doesn't capitalize uh, on the actual tour itself. So I'm fine with Zeke going away and not seeing him anymore. Well, when we look at the bottom half of the tour, the guys that are on the, the cut line here that, that are still going, we've got Nat Young, who, by the way, was one of my guys I wanted to talk about. We've got Nat Young. Nat Young surfed really, really well in his heat. He caught two mean waves, surfed with power, precision. He met that end section uh, like he's been doing it for you know, like, like he's been carving into, you know, that, that big power left at steamer lane that comes at you. He, you know what I mean? He looked comfortable. So Nat Young, uh, Sammy Pupo moved on. Um, did Connor Coffin move on? No. Well, that's a story right there. So oh, Connor Coffin and Morgan Siblick, two oh. of the top five surfers from last year on finals day are both out. Yeah. Officially not requalified. Lucas Messina, not Luca Messinas, not didn't go right. He didn't move on. Correct. Owen yes. Wright did not move on. Frederico Marias, I don't remember. Yeah, he won his. Uh, no, actually, let me see. Leonardo, I think he surfed against Leonardo, didn't he? No, he lost to Kaiwa Belli. Okay, Leonardo Fioravante, did he move on? Um, nope. Lost to Ethan Ewing. Ethan had a phenomenal heat, by the way. So there's only Matthew McGilvery. Jodson Andre and Sammy Pupo and Nat Young from the unless did Connor Leary go through? No, he didn't. He surfed really check. well. Yeah, that was a tough heat against Sammy yeah. Pupo. Sammy yeah. got one right at the buzzer. Yeah. So there's only three guys: Sammy Pupo, uh, Nat Young, Sammy Pupo, and Jadson. And yeah, and Matthew. There's four guys: Matthew McGivray, Jadson Andre, Sammy Pupo. And these are our storylines and Nat Young. This is the storyline today if they run the event later this afternoon for us here on the Pacific. Which they are going to because there's only two days left and today looks much better than tomorrow. So if you're into the underdog story, which I always am, which is why I'm rooting for the Toronto Maple Leafs, go Leafs! <laughs> <laughs> 
they're uh, they're those four guys are guys we're going to want to watch, and that's going to affect you know maybe it's going to affect the Chloe and Dinos. I don't think so. I think Chloe is pretty safe, but no, Chloe is totally safe. I think. Um, well, all about the drama. One additional dramatic moment happened yesterday in the morning in the free surfs. Did you see this incident between Jake Wildcard Jacob Wilcox and the aforementioned Zeke Lau? No, explain. I want the WSL to make a comment on this, first of all, and they haven't yet. But uh, Zeke burned Jake on a right at main break in the free surf in the morning. They did a couple of back and forth crossovers. And then Jake took off in front for the final section and Zeke kicked his board at Jake in the exact same fashion that Magno Pacheco did it to Levi Slauson in the Dominican Republic. They weren't wearing jerseys. That instance in the Dominican Republic was in a heat. And so the WSL enacted a suspension against Magno Pacheco. But this was in preparation for a heat. This was in the free surf. And <clears throat> excuse me, the footage was from you know, the stairs on the beach. So it's kind of looking down and it's from far away. And you can't tell if the board was six inches from Jacob's face or six feet from Jacob's face. But unquestionably, Zeke Lau kicked it towards Jacob to the full extension of the leash. And in the footage, it looks again, like it's right here parallel with his face you know so again not sure how close but right there from the camera angle so it's like what the hell and then they're paddling out and they're exchanging words and splashing each other and all that sort of stuff so thankfully stab magazine interviewed both of them and jake said look we had some words in the water and i had the chance to tell him what i thought and vice versa at one point he said that it was enough and said okay and I said, okay, just shake my hand then and it's done. And instead he splashed water at me like a grub. And that really pissed me off. Imagine if it was the other way around me in Hawaii dropping in on him and then flicking my board at his head. It would have been an entirely different story. And in fact, he dropped in on me and snaked me at sunset and Haleiwa. And I just put my head down and cop it, copped it because I have respect. And I know that it's his zone and I respect that. And I know my place in the lineup. We even had a heat in 2019 at sunset where he duck dove behind me and jammed his board into the top of my foot and it cut my foot open and I copped that too. In the surf, he's a bully and I'm not used and he's not used to anybody standing up to him. I told him that I'm not scared and I've had enough and it's an effing two-way street where I come from. And if you have a problem, speak up and work it out. The funniest thing though, is that after all of this, the next set came and wouldn't you know uh, who's on it? I guess he means Zeke's on it. Uh, he said, I came in after to squash it on the beach and he was gone. I had a heat coming up, so I had to get in the zone after that. But if he wants to sort this out, I'm happy to, and I can send him my location. So that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty straight to the point and uh, giving a lot of context. Then they interview Zeke. Zeke's was much, Zeke's response was much, much shorter. He said, uh, Jake snaked me after I had been waiting for a peek at main break for 40 minutes. And he said he did it because I did the same thing, same thing to him in Hawaii. But I don't remember meeting this kid in my life. 
I guess it's just the way that some people try to demand respect, but I'm just here trying to do my job and keep my spot on tour. When asked if he intended to hit Jacob with his board, he replied, no, of course not. That's okay. It. So the first thing that comes to mind is intent. Was there intent to shoot? Could he have not? Was there a way that Zeke Lau could not, could, could have done something other than shoot his board at him? There was 9,000 different things he could have done. Could have shooting laid. the board, shooting the board. So there was intent. Was absolutely intentional. Right. Okay. So that's he's standing. He's standing with full control, watching Jacob go to the end section. And, and he jumps back, shoots yeah. his board forward and jumps back onto his butt. Okay. So to me, like all the other stuff is going to be fun to tear apart and talk about hey, all that. Give me, yeah. Sorry, give me one second. Keep that sure. thought. Had to lock the dog up before she wakes up the baby from barking. Well, okay. So like I was saying, in, intent is the crucial thing here. And I think that we've proven intent. I haven't seen the video, but I'm sure the video shows intent. Uh, the leash could have broken. Regardless, the bottom line is um, Zeke's at fault here. And whether or not they were in a heat doesn't matter. They're within Agreed. the professional arena. There are protocols about your behaviors when you're when you're under sort of the umbrella of the professional arena you can't totally be agree. a professional tennis player or a prof professional basketball player shooting you know warm-ups before the game starts and you know haul off and bean the guy's head with the basketball just because the game hadn't started doesn't mean you're not within the professional arena and that you're expected to behave like a professional um i will say one thing instant karma kind of came back maybe not instant but zeke Lau's off tour um so there was some you know if you believe in that sort of thing and i'm not saying i do but you know we don't have to see zeke Lau anymore i i the fact that he didn't even that he said i don't even know who this kid is kind of tells me everything i need to know nailed it yeah nailed it not only do you know who this kid is He's a fellow competitor. He's the wild card at this event. He's been a wild card at previous events that you've been in. He's obviously competed against you in Hawaii as well. Like that's an absolute, like that I've- Lack of respect. Lack of respect, which by the way, is coming back at Zeke. I respect Zeke so much less now. Like I said, cause I was leading up to it when I was talking about him losing in his heat was I used to like Zeke. I used to like the fact that he was Sonny Garcia 2.0 and like I was rooting for him in certain ways, but time and time again, the guy is a disappointment and it was a disappointment competitively. Now he's a disappointment from a character standpoint, you know, and it's like, I don't have time for this. Give me Joao Chianca 10 times out of 10. Give me Sammy Pupo. Give me these other guys who are um, uh, whatever, who yeah. I just feel I've had enough Zeke in my life. Don't need it. Don't need the negativity. And by the way, I like Jacob Wilcox. Give me more Jacob Wilcox. He rises yeah. to the occasion. Yeah, I agree. With, I, I, and I kind of liked Jacob's thing, which was like, hey, I'll text you my location. Let's go meet at the Starbucks out in the back. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I'm not so sure that, um, and, you know, in some ways that's, that's also a little bit egotistical, but it sounds like Jacob's been pushed to the, to the limit here. You know, like this wasn't, the first instant, obviously. And so anyway, it, I'm with you too. I get I, like, part of me is like, Hey man, we're, you and I are always screaming about, Hey, we need some, 
rivalries on tour, you know, but there's a difference between a rivalry and um, being sort of acting in a sophomoric way, you know? Yeah. Well, look, Zeke Lau, I think he's stressed out. It's pent up frustration. He's about to lose his job on tour, all of this. But what he doesn't realize is he's been gifted more opportunity than 99.9% of the planet and also 99% of all other professional surfers who have come before him. And so he looks like a a petulant, uh, disrespectful twerp who's squandering opportunity. And he's he's just, his perspective is so skewed. If he's going to be- Seems a little spoiled. He's spoiled. It feels like a spoiled brat. Yeah. is what it feels like, you know? Exactly. And so, and again, to show up somewhere else where there's a local wild card, burn the local wild card, flick your board at them, all that kind of stuff. Like this is Jacob's backyard. You don't show up in somebody's house and then, you know, do something disrespectful in their house. Right. Just go Amber Heard on the whole deal. She, I love that. Did you see the memes that show Jada Smith and it shows her and it goes, I think it's about time we start talking about toxic femininity. Holy mackerel. Uh, well, look, uh, the other guy that, that was a standout in my mind was Ethan Ewing, who's not oh a surprise. Man. Yeah. Um, not that these other guys were a surprise. Not that Nat Young was a surprise. And we know he's got competitive chops. Actually, this is where Nat Young does his best surfing when it's, you know, if I'm going to see Nat, if I want to watch Nat Young in a heat, I want it to be 12 foot Sunset Beach or 12 foot Margaret River. Yeah. You know, but uh, totally. Ethan Ewing surfed incredible and uh, i think he got the the highest score single single highest wave score a 9.0 i could be mistaken but it was one of them well he got the highest heat total too i think it was seven 17.93 yeah so pretty exciting stuff glad to see him finally finding his form on tour um i know you didn't watch make or break yet but listeners have yeah let's and we'll do a deep, we'll, well we'll do, do a deeper dive next week but i'll give you some things to entice you so maybe you could prioritize it over Ozark, um, which I'm loving. <laughs> We're like three episodes in. It's freaking so good. Yeah. Um, make or break is exactly what you and I have asked for. Yeah. So episode one is a dud. Strangely, they led with the lamest episode because I watched episode one and then just <clears throat> had a lot... It was entertaining. It was decent, but it was <clears throat> left a lot to be desired. Let me ask you this. I'm just guessing yeah. that episode one was sort of like a setup episode for the story, the five different storylines are going <clears> to <throat> follow. No, episode one was its own storyline and it was Tyler Wright mm-hmm. essentially was the storyline. <clears throat> Excuse me. Tyler Wright's fight for equality essentially is what it was. Um And it was the least interesting episode, the least compelling episode, also the one that I thought was the most revisionist history, because it's her saying that, you know, she's been fighting for these opportunities to surf pipeline, and now they get the chance to surf pipeline, and she wins that event, and so she looks like the champion of pipeline. And it's like, no, that's not the way that that happened. (laughs) The way I I remember it, (laughs) you'd never got barreled out there, and you were the one who chose not to surf when the waves were pumping. Right. So anyways, that's fine. It is what it is. Um, I don't think and so. then I'm not going to give that a pass. That's bullshit. 
Well, you did the sketchiest like little top turn thing at Pipe and Yeah. So this is the episode where there's a shark attack at Maui. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They lead with the shark attack. Okay. Yeah. So um and it's a feel good. I mean, the version that they give you is a feel good story. Who's going to complain about equality and the women finally getting moved to pipeline? Yeah. You know, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, our complaint um, about it is a little bit insider-ish. But right? it's the truth. It's the truth. Exactly. Yeah. But does the mainstream America even give a shit about that? Um, Maybe. They should. They yeah, should they because should. that that's the most compelling storyline is the one that you and I are talking about. Right. That's way more compelling, you know? Yeah. Anyways, um, because that's man, man versus nature, exactly. Exactly. But um, so is the shark attack is man versus nature, too. But you're saying it's just, more, it's more they about just touch on that. Okay. Yeah. It's more about equality. Yeah. They don't do a deep dive into the shark attack at all. Um, but from that point on, all the up, other episodes are precisely what you and I have been asking for. Firstly, it's really only five or six people. So we don't need 32 surfers. Most of them aren't surfing at a level that's interesting to us. And most of them don't have, uh, I shouldn't say this. I was going to say most of them don't have drama embedded into their storyline through the season that you and I care about. But honestly, maybe they do. We just um, don't have time for 32 dramas. We don't have time for it. You're right. And so what Box to Box Films does really well is humanize these people. And these are people who I've known for over a decade, quote, known for over a decade. <laughs> and I'm seeing a version of them that the WSL has never pulled the curtain back on before. So Gabriel Medina's episode was, I mean, excellent. Really? Excellent. Yes. Cool. The guy's crying it out. It's, um, you know, the first season where he's traveling with his wife on tour. He says, my parents, uh, she says, his family looks at me as a threat and is worried that I'm going to derail his career. And Gabriel says, this is the first time I've been traveling without my family. I just want to be happy. And this person makes me happy. You know, they get into this stuff, but I'll give you more on Gabriel Medina after you watch it. Cause I have yeah, yeah, thoughts yeah, yeah. on that. Yeah. Let's Kanoa. Yeah. They do an episode on Kanoa, Leo and Jack because they grew up on Quicksilver together from the time they were 12 years old, traveling the world. They've all had world title hopes. They're all from three different continents. So they give you that background. Then they show you kind of what they're currently doing, what role they're currently playing, who's achieving those expectations, who's fallen, you know, behind on those expectations. They do a Felipe Toledo episode where he talks about his mental health. He struggled with depression. He's winning all these events. He's got his family with him and he's still unhappy. You know, so what is that about? And how do you, you know, accommodate that while still competing? Do you take time off? It's all, it's very interesting. Andy King is part of the Gabriel Medina episode. Mm -hmm. Andy King, the coach, uh, previously yeah. had coached McFanning. He's now coaching Gabriel Medina. He talks about how he lost his hearing. So he was on the professional surfing track. He was at a bar one night, I think on the Gold Coast, got into an altercation with some football club. Alcohol. They beat, beat the crap out of him, smashed his head into his curb, boom, lost his hearing. Lost his equilibrium in both ears. Doctors said he would never surf again. He's been able to surf. You know, he recovered uh, that, but still 
lost his hearing 100% in one ear, 90% in the other ear. Yeah. So, I mean, the Andy King That's story, horrible. you're just- That's horrible. It's, it's horrible, but how did we not know this stuff before? I mean, I knew a version of it, but the WSL never unpacked it. It's not really their job, but still, all of these things that are existing just well, wait a minute, below wait a minute, the hold surface. Hold on, hold on, wait a minute. We're watching these surf contests. There's so much time to unpack each and every one of these stories. Maybe not in complete depth, but if you're telling me that when they cut to Andy King and they show Andy King coaching Gabe at lowers in the finals or wherever it is, and they don't have time to tell us what you just told me, which took you about 45 seconds. They have time and Joe Turpel does it, but what they really need to do is cut away to a package that shows this kind of documentary sensitivity, style sensitivity, because that's what tells the story the best. But Joe can only, I mean, Joe fills so much time and then he ends up copping a bunch of flack because we get tired of hearing Joe Turpel talk all day. You know what I mean? So the WSL could do it. It takes a certain amount of time and money to pre-produce all this stuff, which I think they do have, and they have had the resources to do in the past. Now they don't have the staff to do it because they fired them, but. <laughs> <laughs> look, I, look, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to watching make or break. I can't wait to watch it. I'm not, and okay. I've heard good things and you're telling me good things. And, um, Matt Warshaw mentioned some good things in his weekly newsletter. And well, um, one more thing yeah. that you've asked for in the WSL could have told us about very easily was episode focus kind of on Tatiana Weston Webb. And it culminates with her surfing down in Mexico last year at Barra for the event. She has a heat with Sage Erickson. They fully get in a tussle and they're cussing each other out on the beach. The make, it, make or break cameras catch it all. And they show Sage like, F you Tati, F you, that's, you know, that's, uh, that's so cheap what you just did out there. And Tati walking away going, hey, this is business. I'm here to play the game. And I just played the game better than she did. I don't care how much she cusses at me. It's like, wow, how did I never know that that happened? Yeah. What in the hell? I mean, and Sage now, is so now I sweet. want to watch. I don't want to hear those F words coming out of Sage's mouth. She's so sweet, except Plus, we need to hear the I backstory. We need to hear the backstory behind it too. They, they give it to you. They oh, explain okay, it was cool. a priority situation. I won't tell you, but yeah. uh, bravo for talk, bravo I, to Tati I agree. I agree. for seizing the opportunity and shame on Sage for trusting that her fellow competitor is going to be nice and tell her the rules, you know? Look, I don't surf in competitions anymore. <clears throat> um, I don't have a desire. I did it for a long time. And I'll tell you that there were numerous times when I would put on a jersey and there was this like sort of, hey, let's all be bros. Right. You know, let's, you know, and I was never that guy. I was like, bullshit. We're competing. All the yeah. bro shit. And I mean, I'm competing against my best friends. And my, you know, some of these guys are good friends of mine. And you know what? No. Why do you think the jersey is? Exactly. We can be bros during free surfs. I'm here to win this heat and I'm going to do everything. If it means back paddling you up the point, I will. Yep. And that's just, that's just being a competitor, you know, it makes it more. Oh, fun let's too. just be bros. Come on, man. I can't believe you did that to me. Yeah. Which part of putting on the Jersey didn't you understand? Totally. Well, it's make or break Scott. Damn. They should do an episode on you, me. No, just kidding. I, I'm looking I, forward so to it. 
I not only am I look, am I fully enjoying it. I'm on the final. I'm halfway through the final episode right now, but it makes me. I can't wait for next season. And I'm like, man, they should have more than. I think there's seven episodes. They should have more than seven episodes. Well, I'm glad you know? it's getting and a good review. I think they're getting their feet wet, or they were last year, and they're realizing there are more than seven storylines that can be told. What's great about it too, by the way, is it's not a chronological telling from episode one to seven. Yeah, it's good. it's just a person's story beginning, middle, and end through the season. So it'll you know start at pipeline and then end at finals day, essentially. I think end at Mexico actually until the final episode is just finals day. But once they cut back, once they cut to Stephanie Gilmore's episode, it's again, starting at pipe and ending at Mexico, revisiting the same venues that you've gotten to know, mm -hmm. and then seeing the characters that you saw in previous episodes in this mm -hmm. one. Um, but they did a well, great job. Let I me say it. this. Let me say this, David. Um, just on what you've told me about make or break, I'm already looking forward to deciding if I'm going to like Felipe more or less or mm -hmm. the same amount. I, am I going to like Tati and Sage Erickson more or less? Am I going to like Gabe, who I actually really like, but I only really like him because I want to root against him because that's what's great about sport is having a favorite and having a, a rival and just like, you know, yeah. with hockey or football or whatever, you know, I, I, I hate the Dodgers. Look, I got a San Diego Padres hat. I, I, I'm a Padre fan. I have been since I was 12 years old. I'm a Kelly Slater fan. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm an Ethan Ewing fan. Um, yeah. In many well, regards, I'm, you... a, I'm a Felipe Toledo fan in some respects, but I'm also waiting for his full potential to bear out or not. This, you know, gives, you a lot more, this gives you a lot more to sink your teeth into. Yeah. I'm looking as a fan. Sounds like they're yeah. doing a great thing and it sounds like they're on the right track and that makes sense because these these uh is it box to box these producers these guys are are experts yep um so we'll discuss it more i'm curious to hear your feedback on that next week i'm gonna say um my uh kook of the week is zeke lao for the rant that i already gave about that um my Duke, I was going to, my Duke was from uh, Make or Break, and I can't access it now. I got distracted. It'll come to me. Do you have a Duke or a kook or a must-see moment? Um, no, I don't really have anything prepared. I apologize. That's okay. Dang it. I can't remember who my Duke is. He must not be, must not have Duke-like qualities. He must be bereft, Shoot. bereft of aloha. I guess not. Well, All right, we'll figure well, it out next time. Yeah, and it's probably Jow is it Jow? It wasn't Joe Al. Oh, it was um, from Make or Break. That's right. I think it was. Whatever. <laughs> You're yeah. having an old man moment between your memory and my flow. I got to type these things this down. It's an old show, man. Got to type these things down. Um, at any rate, Margaret River should be wrapping up this afternoon, so that's always exciting. Where there was a potential they were going to run at the box, and the box actually had some waves uh, two mornings ago, I think. Probably not contestable or yeah, consistent enough to be contestable, but there was guys out there getting waves. Oh, good. <clears throat> All right, well, look, we've had a good show. We've said a lot. There's a lot of action coming up probably later today. Hopefully this podcast will get up before then. See yes, what you can do with your producing crew over there. 
Okay. And uh, yeah, get Sophie to push send. You know? <laughs> um, and uh, until next time, David. Adios and aloha. <laughs>